trying to remember which uh, famous uh, theologian it was, but I, I remember he was on his deathbed and he had like 3,000 books surrounding him. And he was about to die and he told his nurse, he said, go get the book. And she says, sir, well, you have 3,000 books. What do you mean? And he says, no, go get the book, the one and only book, which is the word of God. And that has to be our mentality. Today is Monday, January 11th, already hitting near the midpoint of January. Time just time just goes. It's amazing, isn't it? Time just goes. Uh, it's funny, I was looking so forward to the kids being home for the holidays and having the family together, and it's, it's all over. It just mm-hmm. goes so fast. And uh, really hoping that in the next few weeks or months, this, this COVID business will begin to wane so we can start actually having ministry and yes. going out into the community and seeing folks come. It's been a very difficult year for a lot of people. Yes, it has. And uh, we talked Sunday, uh, a week ago Sunday, not yesterday, but a week ago Sunday on not complaining. And it's funny how many times in my home this week I've been reminded that my family, that I said <laughs> in my sermon not to complain, you know, but... Uh, it has been a difficult year, and we hope that this podcast can be an encouragement to some who are struggling. Um, but we're, what is it? Someone always tweets on Twitter. Uh, of course, that's where you do tweet, but Christian, we're one day closer to heaven. You that's know, the truth. Every, I don't know if they post it every day, but once in a while, Christian, we're one closer day closer than we think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you sense as you get older, and we talked about this in our Heaven series, but mm-hmm. just as a callback, do you sense an, as you get older an eagerness for for uh, Heaven? In all honesty, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think I said to you before that uh, the tether is loosening yeah. in terms of the things in the earth. Uh, in the earth. Uh, I'm not saying that I don't enjoy things, but things have lost their luster, mm-hmm. number one. And th- then uh, dealing with just the idea of aging and the things that happen in the body is a constant reminder that we're broke. Yeah. Uh, we were, were broken. We we were broken at birth. And I, I look forward right. to a day when I don't have to struggle in my body or yeah. I don't have to struggle in my mind or, yep. you know, so yes. Well, we, we used to sing a an old hymn when I was kids. This could be the dawning of that grand and glorious day or grand and glorious year. I, I don't remember it very clearly, but the focus of that hymn was maybe this would be the year mm-hmm. of the return of Christ. Right. Um, we're eager for that. But until then, we're going to continue to try to walk with him and hopefully this podcast will be a help to you. We're on our third uh, lesson in this particular series about reading the Bible. We're spending all of January on this topic. We've got about seven or eight more lessons to go, but we're starting with uh, Piper's book, Reading the Bible, and we've already made the following two statements, and we're going to move into statement three today, is that God is the ultimate, most valuable, supreme object of worth and beauty that there is, so because of that, we must worship him. We won't won't return to those Mm -hmm. subjects again. We may cover them a little bit, but... So, third implication, then, is... We should always read God's word, then, 
that we might see this worth and beauty. Amen. So coming to the Bible, again, Amen. we've said it a couple times, it's not about duty, but it's coming to see this worth and beauty. So it's not only that it, it will happen when we read the Bible, like that light that comes from the Bible, it, it will happen that we will see the worth and beauty, but it should be our aim to discover yes. it. Yes. You want to yes. start us off yes. with something? Yes. You said you had a lot to say on this matter. I'm eager well, to hear it. I don't know about a lot, but um, because we're reading both books uh, by... Um, Piper. Actually, there's a trilogy, but uh, uh, reading the other book, a Peculiar Glory, he mentions uh, the, the natural progression of getting into the Word of God and reading it, where we, number one, we see the glory of God, and after we see it, and seeing it is more than just seeing it with our eyes, but perceiving it with our hearts, seeing it with the eyes of our heart. Secondly, we begin to savor the uh, glory of God, and then the ultimate goal is to be transformed by the glory of God. And it makes me think of something you've said several times before. I hope I'm saying it right, but uh, our theology must ultimately lead to doxology. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that that's what Piper is saying. He's saying we see, we savor, we're transformed, not only in terms of uh, walking uh, in newness of life, but walking, at, uh, but being transformed into being worshipers of God, according to John 4 and 24. Well, you bringing up that seeing, savoring, transforming is exactly what our next, what this whole week of podcasts will be about. Um, we're talking about seeing today, savoring on Wednesday, and then transformation on Friday. And so let's talk a little bit about this seeing the worth and beauty of God as we come um, to the Scriptures. Let me just read uh, from Ephesians chapter 3. Um, Paul is talking about the riches of the gospel, that the Gentiles are being included in the faith. And it says in verse 4, Paul writes, When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. Now to summarize a little bit, what he's talking about is that Gentiles are fellow heirs with the Jews. We are now members of the household of God, Gentiles are, when they were not pre previously. He mentions in verse 8 that these are the unsearchable riches of Christ. And what he says about all this is we discover all that by reading, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, by reading. Mm -hmm. So the way we discover the glory of God is by reading. And what Piper says, before I have you comment on it, Derek, what Piper says is it's amazing that by in such an ordinary activity, reading, we are perceiving extraordinary things, yes. the riches of Christ. Mm -hmm. We've heard people say, I'm not a reader. Mm -hmm. Well, if we are not readers of the Bible, then we are not perceivers That's of right. the glory of That's Christ. Right. What would you add to that as well, we jump in? I can't help but think of the fact that the Word of God is the, is the voice of God, and not only do you put your own eyes out by not reading 
but you also plug your ears mm. to where you do not have the capacity to hear because the only way you're going to hear the voice of God is not by him audibly speaking to you or tapping uh, you on the shoulder, but it is each time you open up the book, which is the Bible. I can't remember which uh, famous... Uh, theologian it was, but I, I remember he was on his deathbed and he had like 3,000 books surrounding him. And he was about to die and he told his nurse, he said, go get the book. And she says, sir, well, you have 3,000 books. What do you mean? And he says, no, go get the book, the one and only book, which is the word of God. And that has to be our mentality. Yeah. Okay, so when we read the Bible to see the beauty and glory of God. What happens when we read things about, like, husband and wife relationships or, you know, being good stewards of our money or our parental child family type relationships or um, working hard or, uh, you know, ethics in business and, and all these other things in Scripture which aren't we don't necessarily view as glorious compared to the gospel. Um, Where's the glory in all that? Well, I see the glory in that, in, in that the Lord is not only, the Lord is showing his creatures how to live. He's, the word of God is a manual for us. And as we walk in accordance with that word, in obedience to that word, we are going to reflect his glory, because we're reflecting his mind, his will, his desires. Yeah, and, and you already kind of said it about the transformation, which actually also reflects the glory of God yes. or brings glory yes. to him. Um, he says here, you know, 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, do all things for the glory of God. Yes. We can uh, enact business deals to the glory of yes. God. We can... We can clean our homes to the glory of yes, God. We can. we can honor our families to the glory of God. We can move chairs in the auditorium. Everything yes. can be done to the glory of God. And what he says here is it's not that we see the glory of God instead of these other things, but we see the glory of God in and through all yes. of these things. Yes. I thought that was really good. Um, but do we always do this? Question for you, Derek. Should, we always, should this always be our aim when we read God's word? Should it always be our aim to simply see the glory of God? I'd say absolutely, okay, yes. You're going to have to support that. The, the, the thing is, is uh, we, we, we recognize that, first of all, Jesus Christ is the theme of, of Scripture. You know, he even chided uh, the Pharisees when they thought they had it right, and he said, uh, you think you have eternal life, but uh, you've neglected the Scriptures which speak of me. So, Whenever we come to the Word of God, we need to seek, look for Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that Jesus' name is going to be on every page, particularly in the Old Testament, but we know that he is the essence of Scripture. So we're seeking to see him, who, and he is God. So yes, I believe we're to seek his glory every time we go to his Yeah, Word. interesting that you did that. I was going to ask you a question. You you shifted the terminology from seeing the glory of God to seeing the glory of Christ. Mm -hmm. What gives you the right to do that? What gives me the right to yeah. do that? Wow. that's <laughs> No, this is, me, I thought this yeah, was a softball. Maybe yeah, I'm not asking okay, it correctly. Okay. You shifted. I, I asked you, 
should we see the glory of God every time we come to the scriptures? And okay. you shifted the terminology and said, I think we should see the glory of Christ. Right. Why, why okay. can you do that? The reason why I would say that, in all honesty, is that, first of all, Christ is God. Yeah. yeah. That That's in a nutshell. Right. But if we took scripture apart from beginning to end... Of course, we've talked about it time and time again. In the Old Testament, Christ is concealed. Yes. In the New Testament, Christ is revealed. Mm-hmm. But the scripture, Christ is at the very beginning in Genesis 1. He He is the, the, the one who spoke the world into existence. Mm-hmm. And at the end, in the book of Revelation, he is the one that said, it is done. Yeah. So this book is about yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And ultimately, the glory of God is the glory of Christ because, yes. as you said, mm-hmm. he is God. So, I mean, so you're saying, yes, it should always be our goal, and we, of course, agree. Um, this is because, and, and we're, we're equating God and Christ in all of these statements, but that God is the originator of all things, yes. the creator of all things, therefore he owns all things, he has designed the purpose for all things, he upholds all things. Um. He must be what we seek. I, there's an old, I love old hymns. And again, I go back to the lady who called me, asking me about the Southern Gospel Group, and probably would be shocked at some of the hymns that we sing. We sing a hymn here called Break Thou the Bread of Life. I don't know that a whole lot of people sing that song anymore. And there's a line in there. The reason we sing it is because this line is one I really like. Beyond the sacred page, I seek thee, Lord. Mm. That, that is a rebuke yes. to my soul. Yes. Beyond the sacred page, I seek you. Mm-hmm. This, the pursuit uh, is not just for knowledge. It's not just for right. completing the reading. It is, I want to see God in right. the meaning and right. significance of these scriptures. The problem for us is that, I think Piper says it this way, the air we breathe is godless. Right, we live in a society so true. that is so opposed to God. So true, um, and sadly, Christians begin to absorb that mindset yes, too. Do. We've we've lamented mm-hmm. that about mm-hmm. people in our own care, um, but for our own consciousness, we must take God into account so that everything else becomes insignificant yes. when we think of yes. him. Yes. Any... I, I would just say I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, and I, I think Christians, and I think we said this early on when we first started doing the podcast, is we compartmentalize our lives. We have a public life, we have a private life, we have a political life. We have a life to where we come to church and we worship, but then we have, we've even had people say, hey, why don't we worship on Saturday so I can have Sunday for myself to cut the grass? Uh, And the bottom line is that's the wrong way of looking at it. Christ has to be the sum and substance of our lives in every aspect. Uh, you've got me doing this to where uh, I, I, little things will occur in my life, and I see how I can take Scripture and, 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 and use it as an analogy, not the Scripture, but the event. Yes. Use it as an analogy in my life as it reflects God. So the bottom line is, is every aspect of who we are and what we do should be steeped in God, and in essence, the glory of God. Yeah. And how desperately we need that, Derek, as we think about living in such a godless society and yet never 
again, a term I don't like, but bathing ourselves in the word of God mm-hmm. and letting that cleanse us yes. and, and seeing, again, not just, not just out of duty, but seeing the glory of God revealed mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the scriptures mm-hmm. so that it causes all other glories mm-hmm. to pale. Right. Was it, I mean, right. more songs, turn your eyes upon Jesus right. and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of what? His glory, Glorious. his right. glory and grace. Right. But it's his glory that, what is he saying here? Like he compares in, in the in the 2 Corinthians 3 and 4 passage where he compares the glory of the old covenant with Moses right. who came down with a veiled face mm-hmm. because he had been with the Lord and he couldn't, you know, his face was shining brilliantly. Right. And we're not to diminish that Old Testament glory, but New Testament gospel glory so outshines right, that. Right, right. It's like a, it's he a said, candle in comparison. That's that's to, what he says. Right. He even says it's like a candle that mm-hmm. dims when the sun comes up. Right, and right. to live in this gospel age and be unmoved by the glory of God and un, undesiring of the Bible reveals in ourselves that we have been absorbing that godless atmosphere that we live in mm. and and taking on the principles and priorities and passions of the world instead of being consumed by the glory yes. that God yes. himself has. One of the quotes that we're kind of moving here to the end, but one of the quotes that I just I feel like memorizing, putting up in my office, and maybe this struck you, this just was an amazing thought. If God wore a coat with pockets, he would carry the universe in one of them like a peanut. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that good? I like it. That is so good. If, if God wore a coat with pockets, he would carry the universe, not the earth, the universe mm. in one of his pockets like a peanut. And what we foolish humans do is contemplate the peanut. Yes, we do. Without yes, we do. contemplating the one yeah. who made it. it you know, it, it's like even believers are guilty of Romans 1. Yes. You know, to where they worship the creation more than they worship the creator. Yeah. Uh, and, we uh, cannot understand any part of this world without correlating it to God. No. No. We can't understand, as you said, politics, science, human nature, psychology, behaviors, attitudes. We can't understand any of that. That's, that's why the quote to me is so funny. Like, if, if we think of that as being a man, we'd be so excited to understand the peanut in the man's pocket <laughs> yes. than knowing the man yes. what the the man has the man could pull that out and just drop the peanut on the ground and, mm-hmm. and the peanut is insignificant right. in comparison and I think to the that man was his point. yes exactly yes but we're so enamored with the peanut yes yes and 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 god and his glory stands so far above that mm. and i personally want in my life to see that glory in a greater way. I want to come to the scriptures this year in a way that is less about accomplishing a chapter or right. finishing a mm-hmm. paragraph, mm-hmm. but God, reveal your glory. Let me mm-hmm. see it. Again, that's where we're going. Seeing, savoring, transform. Right. I got to see it first. Right. And praise God, I can see it because I'm not blind to it, but mm-hmm. I've got to see it first, so I've got to open up the Bible. Um and I've got to have that emotional, white-hot, intense, worshipful sure. response to it. 
um, but without savoring it, there will be no transformation. Exactly. I'm glad you brought that up because it really is going to it really is going to guide our discussion this week. Um, I'm ready to wrap it up unless you have anything else no, to I, say. I, just talking about this, you know, again, you can't see what's happening to me on the inside, but my insides are jumping up and down. You know, and that happens from time to time because, again, when you think on the God that we serve and the God that we love, obviously we don't serve him and love him enough, but I am literally overwhelmed by his glory mm -hmm. and just think how much more that occurs when we're actually reading his word mm -hmm. and he says you want to know what i'm all about mm -hmm. this is who i am mm -hmm. this is who i am mm -hmm. great way to end we will leave it there and lord willing see you wednesday on the podcast god bless